Hey everybody, it's me, it's Flip, and you're you. Welcome to What's for Dinner. This is a fun show. Episode 156, uh, still aboard the Norwegian getaway. This is my last week on the ship, but uh, going out with a bang. I'm sitting here in the cabin slash studio with uh, my old buddy Orrin Sands. He's actually a Howl at the Moon piano player, and Orrin and I met each other back in the late 90s when he was working in Miami at Howl, and I was working at the Improv. And uh, it's a really, it was a really cool treat to see him back on the ship. Have not seen him probably in about 15 years, so it's been really cool catching up with him. And on the show, we talk about uh, his experience with Howl at the Moon, uh, a lot of great uh, shows that he did, including opening up for James Brown. <laughs> ha! Good God! Ugh, help me now! That wasn't my impression of James Brown. I just uh, have to shit really bad. And uh, <laughs> you see what I did. So it's a fun show. It is entertaining as always. And uh, if anybody out there wants to see me live, oh, and who wouldn't? You guys are in luck. To my South Florida friends, uh, June 3rd, Wednesday, I will be appearing at Tavolina della Nona at this Italian restaurant in Coral Springs. I've done the gig before. they got this great little side lounge. It's a fun gig and actually fantastic food if you love Italian food. So come on by, check that out. And then uh, the 5th and 6th of June, that weekend, I'll be at the Laugh-In Comedy Club in Fort Myers, Florida. And the following week, June 10th through the 14th, I'll be at the Improv in Lake Tahoe. A lot more dates you can check out at flipisfunny.com. Uh, Flip Almost forgot my own website for a second. And as always, guys, thank you so much for your support. But now enough of my rambling. Why don't you sit back and enjoy episode 156 of What's for Dinner with Orange Sands. Later. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What, what's for dinner? Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Check one, one. There you go. And two, one, two. Check, 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 check. It's checking. It's going. We're rocking Checking, and rolling. hey, baby. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, I like to, I like to have the Zen on the TV yeah, screen right over I there. Like it. What is that like? Uh, it's Yosemite. Come on, you don't know that? No, no. I mean, it looks like a looks like a fake mountain. It's a real mountain. If you go to the Denny's there, do you go to Yosemite Slam? Is that like a Grand Slam, but for Yosemite? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't open with that. I'm not. <laughs> So, guys, what, uh, welcome to What's Your Dinner. Uh, we are st- uh, still aboard the Norwegian Getaway, uh, coming to you from the studio slash cabin. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call. It's very lovely. It's it, very clean. It is. Well, I, I made it up because I knew you were going by. It's nice. Um, and I'm sitting here um, with, uh, this is uh, really cool because, you know, usually when I'm on the ship, and I've talked about this at the few podcasts that I've done from the ship, I run into either comics that I've worked with before or new comics our new, you know, comics I haven't worked with before. Um, but this time it's different. Um, I'm sitting here with uh, one of the Howl at the Moon piano players. This is Oren Sands. Hey, everybody. Hey. And uh, Oren is uh, not only a really great uh, pianist, and I'm saying what? that with an, with an ST. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. Yeah, well, you are. Just <laughs> 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 do that old joke. Like, oh, I, wanted a th- I wanted a six-inch pianist. Um <laughs> Orrin and I uh, knew each other We've known about 17, 18 years ago. Yeah, it's a long time. Orrin and I met back in around 97 when um, the Miami Improv reopened in Coconut Grove, and Orrin was playing with Without the Moon. At, no, no, I'm sorry. My improv was at Streets of Mayfair, and right. you were at Coconut Grove, Correct. right? That's where Howl the Moon was. Yeah, Cocoa Walk. In Cocoa Walk, exactly. That's right. And um, after my shows at uh, the Improv, I would most times go over to Howl the Moon and hang out with the players over there. And... 
we haven't seen each other since you because you moved to Holland moved to right? the Netherlands in uh, 2000 for six years okay so since 99 2000 that was the last time I saw Oren yeah and crazy. then we end up working on the getaway together so it's yeah, and I think at that time we were both kind of really still finding our way in our you know chosen professions I was just starting doing dueling pianos at the time and see I, I thought you'd been dueling doing dueling for a while no, I started around 97. That's when I first walked in the first time at Howl at the Moon. So, really? Yeah. So, okay, yeah, and yeah, we both were definitely at the uh, early stages of our career. Yeah. And we both end up in a cruise ship. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> I don't know what so, um, yeah, so Oren is, um, it's, it's been really cool uh, catching up with him and hanging yeah, out. And absolutely. If you guys remember um, from last year, I had Brandon Kent on the show, who's another player, and Brandon and I uh, did this kind of, uh, like, improv bit at the end of my show and now Oren and I are doing it so it's it's really fun to come full circle yeah, man. it's really cool so uh, okay so well, well let me just ask you first sure how how did you because I because like I said I thought you had been dueling dueling when I met you so how did you just stumble into that um a uh friend of mine from high school Ben Michaels Ben, ben the player yeah, Ben piano player oh funny um We've been in contact, and uh, I, I was playing an original band called Skin Tight at the time. Skin, South so Florida. like Skin Tight? Yeah, baby, Skin Tight. Skin and, um, Tight. Was that an 80s glam rock band? No, actually, it was a uh, funk and soul band. We were a uh, four white guys with a black singer, a black soul singer. Really? Yeah. Is that and, even um, legal? <laughs> in some states, no. Um, <laughs> at least it's frowned upon. And, um, yeah, we were, uh, we were playing together for about nine years, and... Um, I you know had heard that Ben was playing at Howl at the Moon and it just so happened to coincide with the time that Howl at the Moon was opening new stores a new store in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. So I was speaking to Ben and Ben thought I might be uh, good for uh, this you know as an extra gig and my band had just happened to be going playing across the street at Specs Specs Music oh, you know, a long time ago there used to be there these, used these to be called, called music stores. <laughs> Specs my yeah. God. Where they had all sorts of albums and CDs. And what are albums, Grandpa? Exactly. So um, we played upstairs, like the Beatles kind of thing, looking over Coconut Grove. Mm -hmm. And uh, before the show, I went over, saw Ben, and he said, come in for an audition. I did, and, and that was it? 18 years later, here we are. <laughs> and what does an audition consist of for Dueling Pianos? Um, <laughs> depends where you go. Um, for me, it was getting completely totally drunk and playing really bad songs wow that's, that's yeah i went out on a sunday night and um that's a good prerequisite yeah it was the first time i was introduced to grandma yay that's the woman who's married to grandpa yay <laughs> it's true and i know it's like that you know you don't actually you're supposed to it's just like a sipping liqueur you know oh well, did you shoot it oh we did shots of grandma yay. oh my ah yeah oh fuck. so you know yeah, that was my first initiation in dueling pianos with about a, 10 to 15 shots of Grand Marnier and Jesus. just play, playing oh all night. God. Yeah. How do you even remember that night, let alone a passing audition? Oh, I don't know. It was, uh, but you know, that says a lot about, you know, the rest of my 20, my 18 year <laughs> career. We, uh, and the crazy part is the guy who um, hired me that night, amazing guy, and I just reconnected with him recently. Um, he said, okay, come on in next, you, you start to work next Tuesday, or next, this coming Wednesday. I don't remember what day it was. So I have like three days to woodshop 50, 60 songs. And, uh, so did, did they give you a list of, like, these are the songs you must of, know? Kind of, I mean, there was a core list, but we're talking 1997, so, you know. A lot of spin doctors. 
Yeah, but at that time it was more Bad Bad Leroy. If you're learning the gig, it's like Bad Bad Leroy Brown and Moon Dance and all these, you know, Brown Eyed Girl, Brown Eyed Girl and all that kind of piano piano man stuff. Um, a lot of Elvis, all really simple stuff that you know to get people to sing along to. You're not really worrying about popular music at the time when you're trying to core stuff out. So, um, so I get the phone call that day of the gig. Oh, I, I can't make it. You're gonna have to do a three way. Because usually they would have four guys on stage every night. So oh. my first night of doing an actual paid dueling piano gig, I got called in and we did a three-way. So, you know, I'm this guy with maybe 50, 60 songs having to cover an entire night with just two other guys. So it's not like they do it on the ship where it's two at a time. Well, yeah, it's two at a time, but it would be the rotation would be two teams of two as a four-way. Oh, I see. Right. So no, no, instead, we were just doing, you know, rotation of one guy at a time throughout I the night. You. So that was my baptism by fire, oh, doing dueling pianos. Nice, and uh, and you you dug the gig right away. Well, yeah, I mean, I had the you know I had the perfect background for doing it. It was uh, I had been playing in bands since I was thirteen, so I had played in classic rock bands in high school, and you know southern rock and eighties bands. I was on the road in the eighties with with a with a eighties cover band uh, called Lois Lane and Dirty <laughs> Looks. We were Dirty Looks first, and we. Transitioned into Lois Lane. Did you say Lois or Lowest? <laughs> no, Lois is actually better, but it was Lois, L-O-I-S. Ah, thought and, Lois um, Lane would be cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Get a then, time machine. Where were you? And then um, you could have succeeded had you just been <laughs> Lowest Lane. Exactly. And then you know the '90s dance bands where. You know, you get your paycheck and you get a list of the colors that you have to wear for the next week, clothing-wise, <laughs> which was everybody's, you know, wearing pink and white, you know, and, uh, oh. and red and blue, and it's, it's ridiculous. And then, um, so I had all this background of having all these different musical styles. So, so I was okay, able to, so falling to cherry pick from each, you know, genre that I'd worked in, and I'd sang as well, so it came pretty easy for me. Oh, it's good, man. Yeah, well, you're very good at it. Thank you. And um, and uh, well, I, we won't mention names, but I also know that another uh, uh, benefit was the uh, the ladies. Well, now they're you know the, the attention, yes, but um, isn't it amazing how like and I, and I mean this with all respect, and I'm sure you know what I'm saying, even though how it's going to come out that guys like you and me, mm -hmm. not the best looking guys in no, the world, certainly so. not, uh, certainly more in the. I'm, I don't know about you, and I'll ask you about this in a second. For me, I know in my earlier days, socially awkward. Yeah. Yet, up there, for whatever reason, women completely out of our league would look at us and go, they are so fucking hot. Oh, man. It's crazy. And, um, but you got to remember, at that time, I was playing in a, it was, I was playing in a band, and uh, playing an original band, and we were doing you know, opening slots for Cher and for Spin Doctors. You opened for and, Cher? Yeah. Wow. Actually, in Coconut Grove, um, in the in the field there, we did openings. This, talk, about, talk about rags to riches. Uh, let's, how would I phrase this? Uh, um, rags to riches to rags story. <laughs> um, we, you know, just a, just an everyday schmuck, you know, playing with my band. We get to open up for Cher Friday night. You know, we play, and uh, then as soon as our set's over, opening for Cher, I got to pack my stuff up and drive over to to uh, to Cocoa Walk. And play at Howl at the Moon <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the night. You know, it's like unbelievably weird. Yeah, I've um, had those too. Yeah. Like the same thing happened with Cheap Trick. Opened up for Cheap Trick at Bayfront. And then in the car up to Fort Lauderdale, you're on at 10, you know. Dun, 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 and now dun, Cheap dun. Trick's can open for you. 
for <laughs> that's actually a funny story um we had opened up for james brown and del rey for james yeah for the godfather of soul okay wait, tell me that story that's yeah. pretty insane so um we're hanging out waiting for sound check and um it's like four o'clock in the afternoon and james rolls up in this huge long white limo he's got his two backup singers in back with him and he's got his driver who's also his bodyguard Okay. So we're just standing there. We had no idea he was going to show up. We're just standing there. and um, I'm sorry, this is behind the theater? This is like an entrance to the theater. Okay. It's like a back entrance. Like, There's nobody there. It's the daytime. It's a, it was a tennis stadium, Delray, tennis, Delray Beach Tennis Stadium. Okay. So um, we're standing there like, James, uh, wow, can you uh, take a picture with us? You know, it would be awesome if you take a picture. Because, yeah, 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 because we're, we're skin tight. We're going to be opening up for you tonight. So um, he's like, yeah, that was that. Nice as could be. He um, did, did he, he actually go? He basically said that, and then um, he takes a picture, and as he's walking away, he says, "Maybe next time I'll be opening up for you," which was awesome. <laughs> That's you know? cool. It was cool. <laughs> did, did the, I was gonna say, did the horn on his limo go? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my way! Here's the cool Coming thing, through. though. You know, people think that James Brown caricature, right? But um. We got to see his genius as well because he was doing a sound check with his band. He probably had 20 band members up there, two drums, two bass players, a whole horn section. I don't remember what song it was that he did, but he went he went um, piece by piece, horn player by horn player, bass player by bass player, drummer, drummer, and did a rearrangement of one of his tunes. Really? Every single piece, him telling them what he wanted them to play, then getting them, conducting them to get them all cooking. You know, and then the ultimate in coolness is he walks over. He's got his he's full dressed. You know, and, you know he's not wearing like you know sh- shorts and a t shirt. He's full dressed in James in James suit, and um, he's got leather gloves on. He walks over, and he starts playing with the band, the Hammond B three organ, with his gloves on, just smoking this organ part, which was just completely amazing. He rearranged his tune in twenty minutes. Wow! And that was awesome to see is that a is that a tough thing in because i'm not a piano player musician yeah, I mean, but to try play, to play a piano with with leather gloves on it's not it's not easy it's not an easy task no ah yeah so it was cool very cool <clears throat> and what's the uh, cheap trick store not much of one actually uh cheap trick we opened up for them at bayfront they had just this was really sad actually that we they had played like a free sh- it was a free show they had played a free show the week before like in hallandale Gulfstream, you know, park or whatever. So I, I swear to you, there was maybe 98 people Eesh. in the audience. And they had to do their show, which was, you know, oh, super nice guys. But, you know, I had to set up, break down, and go play, uh, you know, Over at Howl. Piano Man at Howl at the Moon, <laughs> you know. Is that, what would you say is the most overplayed song in a dueling club? Overplayed? Because I would say it's either... Piano Man, uh, Sweet Caroline, or um, uh, what was the other one? Uh, oh God, I, 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 there was a third one. I can't remember. Well, it was Brown Eyed Girl. I was thinking of Brown Eyed Girl. I didn't think didn't know if that would be a. It's um, I get. I mean, you get those every night. I think you definitely get Sweet Caroline every night. There's times where I've played certain gigs, certain nights, but we don't get Piano Man, or or American Pie. Which is uh, or Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, Bohemian is not as much. I mean, you know, these days it used to be. This has died down a little bit, but Don't Stop Believing was 
Oh yeah, was it for a couple of years, man? That was you know that overtook Piano Man. You would really? do it three times a night. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But my theory is that, like, people go to a piano bar for like the piano bar experience. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're not necessarily going there because they're music lovers. They're going there because it's the experience of being in the dueling piano bar, the the camaraderie of singing along together, that kind of fun factor. So. I'm not in everybody's car, but I'm pretty sure if Sweet Caroline came on somebody's, you know, whatever they're listening to, there's probably a really good chance that they're not going to listen to the whole song. They're going to switch it to something else. Yeah. But in the piano bar, that's what you're there to do, you know. To get the, to get everybody involved. Right, to get that experience. It's, it's yeah. They're going there for that particular experience. Oh, okay. You know. And is would you say the, the uh, doing, dueling on land versus ship is a different or other um still the I, basic gig it's base. or the basic uh, the basic like uh, th- audiences too. um it, it's hard to compare because here it's um the desti- this is already the destination you know people are already on the ship they're not having to go get in their cars and go to a, a, a piano bar or something right. like that and the availability of um i mean just the demographic is different because you have all ages yeah, because it's a cruise ship, <laughs> and you know about that. Yeah, you know. Oh God, yeah. So you have you know a seven-year-old in the front row, you know, with his parents and his grandparents, which is completely different than than on on land. Because there there is an age restriction at the piano bars on land, right? Oh yeah, it's drinking age. Okay. I mean, some will do eighteen, but it's twenty-one. So yeah, yeah so a l- little different than little different. than the land, but yeah. the um, the gist of the show is pretty much the same. I mean the con- basic concept, yeah, but you know, it's everybody likes to do it differently. Everybody has their own style of, of how the, they think the show should go. Is it, okay. So, do you uh, w- have you ever like really uh, gone to loggerheads with another player because they're just totally <laughs> going their own way, and you're like, Dude, yeah. What the fuck? I mean, you know, and you don't have to give names or anything. no. Um, It'd be fun if you did, but you don't <laughs> have to. No, man. I mean, how many people listen to this? Uh, I think we're up to twelve. Okay, good. So, um, it's the um, you know, it's just there's some people that you look at the schedule that you're going. You know, you look down the road at your schedule on the calendar and see who they're playing with, and you know, you kind of uh, cinch up a little bit and realize <laughs> that you're gonna. This is what you're gonna have to deal with for three days. But that's, you know, is just that a how- good, just a good job. Is that how long the uh, general gig is? A Usually, I mean, gig? I'm I'm a, I'm a road guy now. I used to I had house gigs for for uh, probably fifteen years. Past three, I've I've been on the road. So and just um, club to club to club, club to club. Every what's week. the what's the longest stretch that you do on the road? Just three days, and then go back home, and then go out again. I mean, well, this one's you know the cruise contracts. Well, the, yeah, I'm. Uh, I guess I mean on land. Um, most places it's three days, Thursday through Saturday. Fly in Thursday, fly out Sunday. Do you take care of your own travel? Or they bring you in. Depends, but most places there's a travel allowance. Good for you. Yeah, and um, you know some some of the travel allowances are more than others. And you know, I live in Orlando, so certain certain cities are cheaper for me to get to than others as well. Gotcha. I mean, flying out of Orlando is cheap. It's flying back on a Sunday that's crazy expensive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh uh, no. Yeah. Now and now we talked about this at the beginning, but you uh, were in the Netherlands. You said for yeah. six years. Now, yeah. how did that happen? 
Um, through Hal to Moon. Hal to Moon, um, uh, the owner of, there was a guy named Robin Baravenbor, who's, um, who basically what he was doing was taking. Robin Baravenbor? Baravenbor. Brave boar. Uh, and he was, um, <laughs> he, he would um, take American concepts and bring them back to, to Holland. So he oh, took like the Baja Beach Club concept mm-hmm. and brought it back to Holland and made it really successful. So he saw Dueling Pianos at New York, New York in Vegas, Vegas contacted Haldeman some somehow, and they made a agreement that Robin was going to open the place and, and Hal was going to, you know, supply players, American players. Um, and so they did their first club in Rotterdam, and then they were looking to build a second club in Scheveningen. In where? Scheveningen. Is it next to Bravenboer? <laughs> It's on the outskirts. Um, no, Scraven is a is a coastal beach city in the Hague, Den Haag. Hague, Hague. <laughs> you say Fe- the Hague, I say the Hague. You say fag, I say fog. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful coastal resort, you know, for three weeks out of the year, and because um, the weather's terrible there. But so um, I they needed players to go to open up. I went and. Uh, they pulled me aside and uh, made me an offer I couldn't refuse to come and stay there and live. Did you bring your family out there too? Eventually, yeah. How long were you there without them? Um, not long. It's like I was there for a month during the summer. It was like, of course, it was like the nicest summer they'd have in a hundred years. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so the weather was you. beautiful every day. You know, the beach is beautiful. Women, it's you know, it's it's, it's exotic. It's European. Then I made the decision, made the deal, and then um, I came back at like the end of September, and it was just like it was just like dark, you know, just four hours of sunlight every day because it's uh, so far up north. Right, right, right. And uh, I was like, "What did I get myself into here?" <laughs> but um, yeah, man, with the family, the family moved. My last gig in America was uh, was New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety nine. And that was at the uh, Miami Hall. No, it was at Fort Lauderdale. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I know that uh, that weather over there sucks. I've yeah. been to as I've been, uh, toured Scandinavia, yeah, uh, many times, and you know, beautiful country, great oh, people. Absolutely. But Best. I was there in the winter, and it was just, just great. Just like I, I, I actually had a joke. I said like, I want to just slit my wrist so I'll at least see color around here. <laughs> well, you know, it's crazy. Is that you know, it's like you go to the extremes. It's like in the summertime, you know. And in summertime, you know, it's not getting dark till almost ten thirty at night, maybe eleven, and then it's getting light again at four. Right. You know, so if you if your first set was at ten o'clock, and you're finished at five, you never saw the night. Saw the night. Wow. Yeah. And then the opposite was true in the winter because you know you get maybe four hours of light and then it was dark. Gee. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it is up in uh, because I play Anchorage a lot. Yeah, and it's cool. the same kind of basic. Uh, I would love to go up there. It's 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 nice. Yeah, but it's the same kind of idea. Just yeah. a lot of a uh, lot of lot of drinkers. A yeah. lot of a lot of people drinking and just not a lot else to do. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you though, the um, oh, we were there for six years, in the Netherlands. Did you did you come back to the states at all? We came back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had a it was it was odd. We had a really weird status. How do you mean? Well, <laughs> I guess enough time has passed. There's some sort of statutes or limitations or something, but um, yeah, I, I doubt I have any uh, listeners in the <laughs> Netherlands, so I think it's safe. We were like, we lived there. Um, 
basically called white illegal. White illegal? Yeah. We, uh, meaning white, like, um, we were, we weren't taking any money from the government. You know, we weren't taking any services. We weren't taking any, any monies, any welfare, anything. We were actually paying whatever, you know, we was working and paying whatever taxes because everything has like, um, in Holland, everything's taxed like crazy, but it's, you know, they have a VAT on everything, value added tax. So you're paying taxes for every product you buy and, you know, all that stuff. So, but I never actually had, I was never actually, um, I never actually had a permit to, to work be over there. there. Yeah. Oh. I never had citizens, I never had like dual citizens, not citizenship, but um, like a green like card. Like a work visa kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, no, no. No. There was some, some sort of like artist agreement <laughs> that if you're an artist, then you can't perform and they can't find other people to perform the job that you can do, then you can be there kind of thing. But, you know, so for about six years, we used to go back and forth. And uh, there were times where it got, you know, kind of spotty. Here's the crazy part. It's like um, one time we were, uh, I was with my kids in Miami Airport, my wife and my kids, and we were trying to get back to Holland. And I forget what airlines it was, but they wouldn't, weren't going to let us on the flight because we didn't have a return ticket back to the U.S. We only had, because we had bought, you know, Amsterdam to Miami, Miami to Amsterdam. So we're on our second leg, Miami, Miami to Amsterdam. This guy was telling us that we had to have a return ticket to the U.S. We couldn't be out of the U.S. for more than three months at a time. So um, my kids are just bawling, you know, crying because they're, they're babies. You know, they were five and at that point they were probably five and seven, you know. And, and they're still um, crying? Jesus, yeah, dude. Want, you know, what kind of pussies are you raising? <laughs> <laughs> my God. Uh, they were scared. It was scary, you oh. know. And um, – so finally, fi- I'm calling, trying to get in touch with people in the UK, in uh, Holland, but the time difference was make- making things hard because it was a, like a Friday and it was midnight at Friday. Who's going to pick up the phone when the clubs were going? So um, they finally let us on the flight, and they say, you know what? We're just going to let the we're going to let the Dutch authorities deal with you. So we get on the flight, we go into immigration, walk through, and um, I get up to the you know passport control. And, and this is in Holland. This is in Holland. They asked me, oh, well, what are you doing here, P- business or pleasure? I said, well, a little bit of both. I'm going to be uh, playing at Crazy Pianos next Saturday. Oh, Crazy Pianos. We'll see you there next week. Stamp, 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 stamp. <laughs> Everybody come in. Wow. Yeah, no, nothing. Not a problem, not an issue, not no questions. Let that be a lesson to everybody listening. <laughs> if you're having trouble at the immigration in Holland, you are working at Crazy, Crazy Pianos. Pianos. They, it's, it's, a, it's a national treasure. <laughs> Crazy Pianos is a national treasure, man. Really? Oh, yeah, man. I'm surprised they didn't, like, prove it and then put out a little keyboard. And you're like, <laughs> all right, uh, sweet Caroline. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. A lot of, it's weird, man. A lot of stuff at the airport happened with Crazy Pianos. Like, I was over, one time I was, my, my luggage was over, you know, weight. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, oh, wait, didn't you play Crazy Pianos? Uh, last Saturday, oh, you were amazing. <laughs> you did so well. Just let it go through. It didn't oh, charge me. Jesus, man. Yep. So what? why didn't so why didn't you stay there? Here's a crazy story, though. Tell. One time I was in um, I was getting tested. I was getting. I was in a place to, for STD Herpes. testing. Oh ah, I was making a joke, but I'm glad. And um, <laughs> we won't go into that story. Yeah. By the and way, the, wipe down my couch. <laughs> when you're, when you're and here. um, here's. So imagine, right? You're getting tested for for AIDS and for everything, and you're sitting, getting tested, and this girl looks at you. Goes, she says, "Oh, you work at Crazy Pianos, yeah?" <laughs> so she says, "You didn't play my request." 
It's like, are you kidding me? It's like, I'm freaking out here, and you're worried about your, you know, Tina Turner request. <laughs> was it Tina Turner? Yeah, of course it was. Oh, my God. You actually, that's funny that you actually remember well, that. Well, so we, you know, it was so mind-blowing that I had to remember that. <laughs> Is that amazing, right? You didn't play, you my, did play my request. I just found I, out I, I have AIDS, and you can't play my request <laughs> for Tina Turner. She works hard for the money. Yeah. That's how I got AIDS in the first place. No, she was, she was actually the one testing me. You're kidding. No, she was testing me, and she's looking at me. I thought you were talking about like somebody in the oh, waiting room. Oh no, 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 no. The girl testing me, giving me the test. Oh my god. That's even worse. <laughs> She's like, Well I, good, I, news. I, I, good news and bad news. But first, are you going to play Tina Turner next Saturday? Because that would make the news go to bad. Right. It's funny. Unbelievable, right? Yeah. So why did you end up leaving a Holland? Sound like you had a good gig out there. Um, you know, I don't want to get all philosophical and stuff, but the no, t- world, world, world was changing. Um, it was getting harder and harder to go back and forth. Um, the American government was getting more, you know, tight with the TSA and, and mm-hmm. security, and it was the more, you know, the more security state thing was happening. And, um, you know, very. my mom was sick, and just I wanted to move back and be at home, move That's her in with us. That's fine, man. Yeah. So it was yeah, time. Yeah, but it, it was, was time. a good run. You had six years yeah, over man. there. It was great for my kids. Did they learn to speak Dutch or anything? Um, my oldest son picked it up all right. He would he played in some Dutch football s- soccer clubs, and he played. A, he went to like Dutch baseball camp because baseball, believe it or not, it's like the second largest sport, upcoming sport in Holland. Really? They call it honkball. Honkball? Honkball, yeah. As in honk? Exactly. It's wow. called honkball. And um, my youngest son... Never really picked it up, so he would just take words and make them sound Dutch. <laughs> instead, instead of like learning the actual word, he would go like cookies, <laughs> you know, because it's a very guttural language. Cookies, <laughs> cookies, you know, or he'd just make stuff up, which was cute. But yeah. so, um, yeah, man, it was a good time. We traveled a lot. Yeah, it's, no, it sounds like like yeah. that. That at least you have that experience under your belt. Absolutely, you know? that's I think the. Uh, one of the benefits of doing what we do, like we were talking about, because you're right now wearing a uh, army hat right. that you said it was swag that you got when you toured Korea and Hawaii. Right. Yeah. Like I look, you know, I, I was thinking about it. I've with comedy, I've gotten to tour all throughout Scandinavia, and I've been to Iceland, I've been to Greenland, I've been to Kosovo, I've been to Cuba, I've been to uh, Belgium, I've been to Germany, yeah. and, uh, fucking Honduras, and it's just amazing. like amazing places that this. Who who'd have thought? You know. Playing piano and writing jokes will take you around the world, you know? Right. I know, man. It's crazy. I mean, and being that it's Memorial Day. Oh, yeah. And and this is, uh, well, this is going out tomorrow. Right. So, happy Memorial Day, which was yesterday, although it's today right now. Right. To the... I'm so confused. I know. The the best, those gigs, like the the Korea gig, the Army gig, those were, those are the most, like, what's your most rewarding... Iraq. Okay. Yeah. For me, it was... uh, I did, I've done three different military stints. We went to uh, Japan, mm-hmm. went to uh, Korea and Hawaii, but we also did a very quick five-day jaunt from Orlando to Djibouti, Africa, and back. Wow. And so um, there's very few times where I've gotten that just goosebumps kind of feeling, and, and Djibouti was one of those places where there's, you know, it's called Djibouti because it's the asshole of the universe, you know? And um, there's nothing there, and 
even just to get on the base, it's like sometimes it can take you an hour and a half to get through security because mm-hmm. they have to go, you know, they, the, the trucks roll over and they have to look for bombs underneath and then you got to go through x-ray screening and all this stuff. It's intense. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and these, and you know, it's 110 in the desert. Everybody's sleeping in either these like big tents or with things they call clues, mm-hmm. CLU, which is like a, it's basically a, if you were in Iraq, you might've seen this. It's, um, they're basically boxcars. Yeah, that are yeah, made, yeah, that are made into into like sleeping quarters yeah. and things like that. Yeah, so just the, these guys and their sacrifice, you know, for, for for our country and their appreciation for for me coming over there and entertaining them was overwhelming. I couldn't agree more. Like I, I when we because we went to uh, me and two other comics, Mark Sweeney and Scott Kennedy, uh, we went over first into Kuwait into the you know they had this um, big base that we stayed on and we had you know. The, our rooms were comparable to this, you know, very nice. Right. It was almost like a, you know, right. nice little hotel or whatever. Right. And the, the crowds there were great. But then we got on like the C-130 and we flew into Iraq. That's awesome. And then we're like, we're in the shit, you know. Yeah. We're we're on Black Hawk helicopters going, not even from regular bases. We're going to FOBs, forward operating bases. We're wow. just like man-made bases in the middle of the desert. Wow. And just seeing like 19, 20-year-old kids who mm. are, you know, so the, as far from home as you can get yeah. and you know you start talking to them and they're like oh th- it's a piece of home coming right, to right, them you know what a wonderful it, what an say, amazing experience yeah it's it just like you said goosebumps and, and it's just appreciative and that's why i said Djibouti because like in south korea every place we stayed was like on a base when they have hotels on the base and it was nice and you know but this was like in the middle of the desert, there's nothing. There's garbage around everywhere. The entire population of the country is hooked on a drug called cat. You know, cat, cat K-A-T. It's like a, it's an herb that they chew mm-hmm. and basically just zombifies them. Really? And um, the king's wife, the queen, obviously, <laughs> she's in control of the trade of that stuff. So the entire – and the palace is right in the middle of this, the, this city, and it was just – it was just – Unreal. The queen is in charge of the That's drug. That's what I've trade. heard. That's what I heard. That she's in of, yeah of the distribution of the of the drug. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I did have to. That's Orange eat. Sands to the Queen of Djibouti because <laughs> I know she's a huge listener of the show. So what's up, my queen? Your Majesty, we would love some cat. No. <laughs> I don't know, man. I know. The cool thing is, I did have camel pizza in Djibouti. Camel pizza. Yeah, pizza with like instead of having like mushrooms on top, it was camel. Was there a toe? Only at the pool. <laughs> As you can tell, Orin is hilarious, and going in, Orin's going into uh, taking a dip into stand up too. Yeah, how do you feel about that, man? Put my tiny tip of my toe in there so far. Yeah, it's, uh, it's scary as hell, but rewarding when it gets going. Yeah, we're we're doing a little writing before the show, and you've you've got something to start off with got something you got so, it's like something there you got you know what at least you have something there are a lot of right. guys like i could show you my very first time doing stand-up yeah and i was jesus just as cheesy and awkward as you could probably get um, i could see that and yeah yeah and i didn't i didn't even have like uh, i guess i had jokes that had some semblance of structure but right. it had no sense of self which is at least you're coming from an interesting point of view. Right. You know? so yeah, I, man, I, I, you know, being on the ship with, uh, I've seen, what, now four different comedians. It was, I've seen you f- and uh, James Irvin Barry. James Irvin Barry. James Irvin Barry, um, everybody. F- Frank Townsend. Dean Edwards. Dean Edwards. I haven't seen Randy yet. Rodney. Rodney. yet, but. Um, 
I haven't seen Randy either, James <laughs> Rodney. Just to see the craft is amazing, to watch what you guys do and to see the uh, the perseverance and the way that you structure your, your thing and the way it's delivered. It's really been eye-opening and an incredible, invaluable experience. I appreciate it, man. But uh, speaking of uh, comics with experience, this is a little part of the show called The Skippy Green Show. Okay. It's The Skippy Green Show. Sins. Holy shit. I've never heard of you. How are you? I'm good. Skippy what? Skippy who? Skippy Green. That's No, that's my name. Shut the fuck up. Okay. All right. We're going to play. Don't get nervous. All right. Now bend over. <laughs> All right. This is how this works. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. And you got to answer the question in 10 words exactly. Words exactly. Exactly. Not 11, not 9, 10 words exactly. Okay. All right? Yeah. And you have about five seconds to consider your answer after I ask, okay? Okay. So get ready. Here we go. If you could fuck to any dueling piano song, what song would it be and why? You need the song and the reason. Ten words exactly. You have five seconds to consider your answer. It would be Great Balls of Fire because it's quick. That is a great fucking answer. That's what I like. A man who doesn't... Uh, speaking of Great Balls of Fire, the other day, I was fucking your mother. It's the Skippy Green Show. Dude, thank you so much for doing this, man. man. I uh, appreciate it. Can people find you online anywhere? Um, Twitter, no, Facebook, MySpace, website? Just Facebook. Facebook page, Orin Sands. Facebook? Yeah. So just O-R-I-N-S-A-N-D-S? You know, I'm like one of those old guys. What is this googly machine? I don't know how to up a twit. What's a tweeter? I have no idea. Okay, well. Instagram, Telegram, Biogram. Instagram, Biogram, do a gram. I used to be able to Biogram. I have no idea what Instagram is. It's uh, it's like buying a gram just with a, I have I got nothing for it. <laughs> okay. It's putting me on the spot. I got nothing. All right. So find yeah, find Orange Sands on Facebook, and uh, all twelve of you. What's that? All twelve of you. All twelve of you. Which I'm probably friends with are... these two. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, you guys, you know, you can find me flipisfunny.com, dot uh, com at Flip Schultz on Twitter and Instagram and uh, at wfds excuse me at wfd podcast for uh, this podcast up on Twitter. And uh, very cool, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Bye-bye. Man. Bye. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What, what's for dinner? Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds.